Hey, it's Monique. And Kadesha. And we come from Queens. So, can I just say something? Yes, please. Well, first of all, I might sneeze because I don't know where the cold came from. Second of all. You sound a little congested and nasaled and stuff. Yeah, I am. Um, Second of all, I... So, the last... What what was the last podcast? No, no. The the podcast that we talked about with mental illnesses. Right. There was a portion where I talked about, like, how people can compare themselves to you and basically use you as a measuring stick. Okay. And so I found that happening recently, and I realized how much I don't like that. Like, I don't like when people compare themselves, their children, anyone in their inner circle to me. Because I find that when that happens, people, like, well, there's one person in particular who I'm referencing who compared her children to me and was just like, you know, you're doing such great things. You're doing all these wonderful things. You have this, you have that, you have all these things going for you. And my kids just aren't. And, you know, I'm just really proud of you. And I don't, I don't like that. Like, that's not something that I'm proud of when people compare their children to me. Because Mm -hmm. just because it looks, I, I have an appearance that everything is great with me. Everything isn't great with me. And I'm not like, uh, like basking in, in sorrow or anything, but I just, I don't like to be compared to people in that way because I remember being in a place where I would compare myself to others and, and like watch people on Instagram and Facebook and, and I was just like, wow, I have my degree. Why am I not doing as well as they are? Why? But my leak said something to the effect of, um, don't compare your life reel to someone's the highlight reel, right? To their highlight reel, something like that. Right. Which basically means don't compare like a snapshot of someone's life to your entire life story Mm -hmm. where everyone is on different levels. um, Everyone is on different stages and people are in different points in their life. So you can't compare what someone else is doing to what you, you can't compare yourself to what you see in someone else because you don't really know what's happening. And just to like kind of touch up on that a little bit, that also happens um, to me like a lot. Um, within my family, I get, well, some of my cousins and other individuals get compared to me as in like, look, she did X, Y, and Z, and she's doing this and she's doing that. And, you know, she's chasing all these sort of things. And like you're saying, well, like you're saying too, I don't think it's necessarily fair actually to the people that's being compared to me because their life circumstances are different right exactly like I've been able to do x y and z because there's a lot of obligations I don't have especially the financial obligations I don't have kids so I'm able to do things and as far as traveling the whole time I've been working jobs where it's like I didn't have sick days or vacation days I just lost money for the time that I wasn't at work right all these things are different so to compare these individuals to me it's it's really just not fair to them because their life circumstances are different exactly so it does like and then like you too I don't like feeling that way I'm I feel like I'm not a perfect person and don't put me up on this pencil like like I am have no idea about like what's going on internally you're just yeah you're just you're just projecting um your your own image of me based on what you see just based on what you see and now, since you said all this, I didn't really have a can I say something, but now I do. And it's kind of going back to our episode when we had um, the guys on mm-hmm. the back in the summer. We had uh, Valjean, Mark, and Umohoin. And Mark was saying something about how 
there was like when he came back home after college there was someone or people were just asking him like where he's been mm-hmm. and he was just saying he's been around because he didn't want to say that he necessarily like left the hood so he wouldn't be perceived as being better than right and I kind of feel that way within some of my circles because I've worked so many like part-time jobs and stuff like that and it's like wow she like kind of got up out of this part-time world and it's like I and you know I mean people are genuinely asking me well like how's work how's this amazing job like how's this and the third and it's just like I kind of I'm not trying to like brag or boast about it right I mean, it's not super smooth sailing either but it's just like I just feel like oh I don't want to like you know because I I just feel like I'm the person that got out of the hood so to speak right. and you just don't want to right you know throw I mean, it in people's face yourself. you want to say oh this is what I'm doing but at the same time like you said you don't want to be all boastful yeah <laughs> especially when you know that people are not necessarily happy in their situations and yeah, yeah, and knowing that also a lot of these coworkers they went to similar schools right. that I did, like film schools, and like did all these creative things, and they're trying to pursue it, and it's just like, well, she got up out of it or something, like, and I just, you know, I don't know, I just don't want people to feel bad about themselves just because of what I'm doing, and I can't control that, but it's just like since you you said that, that just kind of sparked that, brought that thought or feeling back up into my mind. Hmm. I guess actually that all kind of coincides with today's topic, doesn't it? It certainly does. And I'm ready to talk. So today's topic is J O B. um, And it's, well, it it stands for just over broke, which I will allow you to, excuse me, elaborate on. Oh, girl, you sound like you're going through it. I am. Um, so yeah, so a few years ago, Kadesha and I went to this convention called the Circle of Sisters here in New York. We've been a couple times, but this was the first time I I went with Kadesha. And this convention basically is showcasing black women entrepreneurs and also black, um, black business owners. And so as you can imagine with almost any convention, or if you haven't been to a convention, there's like a main floor, everybody has like a booth where they're Um, advertising, showcasing, whatever products it is that they have. And then there's a separate section, like a little auditorium kind of space where there's like panel discussions and talks and things like that. So one person that talked this weekend was Ian Levansant, or however Van Zant you say her name. And she talked about this acronym J-O-B, right? It's it's job, but as Kadesha said, it stands for just over broke. And she broke it down as like you have a job, but you are working or living from paycheck to paycheck. And it's not really um, allowing you the opportunity to to grow or become anything more than just this kind of vicious cycle. So I wanted this to be a topic because Kadesha and I are like, you know, mid-20s working people. No, we're late. (laughs) We're late. Okay. No, I don't think we're we're not late yet because we didn't late. When does late twenty start? Is it twenty seven or twenty eight? Maybe it's twenty seven. Okay. Well, we're, we're still mid. Be, we're still mid. I'm gonna hold on to this. I I, I feel like late twenty starts at twenty eight, but I don't know. Girl. Maybe twenty seven and a half. <laughs> I think it's twenty seven. <laughs> twenty seven and a half. So Kadesha and I we're mid twenties. We're in our twenties, and we're like you know working girls, whatever. And we're working women. Um, working women. Thank you. And like a lot of you guys, you know, we're all pretty relatively similar in age. I would like to think, and some younger, some older, but we are 
God's willing, hopefully all like working and, you know, producing our own legal source of income. And <laughs> you love to throw out legal. I, I do because I you can be people you hang out with, but like all the people that I run with are doing legal things. Um, I guess my times have changed. I don't really I don't think I know oh. people that do yeah. legal things or have a legal insource. Yeah, I don't think so anymore. But you know You said since your friends have changed? I mean, what? I wouldn't what say friends, but acquaintances. I think, I think, like you know, sometimes you just have a moment in your life where no, you... not not sometimes. That that's just you because I... no, it can't, it can't be just me. I just feel like sometimes you you just end up being acquaintances with people that you're like, oh no, I actually this is not something I want to like. This is not a friendship I'm looking to really continue. Side story, I remember there was this one guy that once, like, asked me for my number or whatever, and, like, I was talking to him, and I was like, what are you doing, or something like that, or, like, what do you do, and he was like, oh, well, you know, like, I handle my business, or he said something, uh, all about this, like, business, or, like, he'd he be working, or he'd be out, he'd be, uh, like, he was not nope. giving me a clear answer about, like, what actually it is that he's doing, like, okay. and I was like, I have to leave you right where <laughs> I found you. I you, you girl. Um... But anyways, that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> Show is. We could have a podcast so, about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could always have a podcast about just Illegal versus illegal sources of income? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know much about it because I don't have any experience with illegal sources I mean, sources you know, I have a income. little bit that I can t- talk about a little bit, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, all my money is taxable or gets taxes hallelujah, taken out of it. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, right? So, with that being said, um, what does it mean to have a job in contrast with having a career, Kadesha? So, in my experience, having a job is simply working for a paycheck. You're working within the time that's allotted to you. You clock in, you clock out, you collect that money, and that's it. Like, there's no there's no ambition beyond coming to this job to collect a paycheck. Mm-hmm. I said paycheck. I meant paycheck. Yeah, there's, there's, it's, that's it. That's your sole purpose. Whereas when you're working in a career, you, um, you get up excited about work in the morning. Like I've definitely been there. You get up excited about work in the morning. Um, you said you've been there. I've been there. <laughs> so you're not there. I'm not. I'm not. And I'm, and I'm actually ready to talk about that. But anyway, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just hold on. Yeah. You. Yeah. You get excited to get up for work in the morning. Um, I know that Mark Twain had a quote about if you love what you do, you'll never have to work a day in your life. And that's exactly what it feels like. It doesn't feel like work. Like I remember when I first started in my preschool career, I never wanted to teach preschool. Like that was never the goal. And like, as time went on, I just found that I would love it and love it more. And, um, it didn't feel like I was getting up to go to work every day. It just felt like I was still on vacation. Like I was on vacation from school, from college. Like, I came home for summer break, and I never went back to school. Even though I was planning lessons, and I was, it was just very exciting. And I was excited to be there. I was excited to be with the children. I was excited to work with the parents, even some of the parents who pissed me off. Like, it was just great. I was just like, this is like, is this life? Is this real? Because if it's, if, I just want somebody to wake me up from this dream, because it doesn't feel real. Um, Also, it makes me think about um, Eric Thomas. His um, thank God it's Monday. Like you find yourself in that place. Like thank God it's Monday. Just screaming like God, thank you. Like Monique, I don't know if you. I don't know if you've been here. I don't know if you're here right now. But like I'm just, I'm just reflecting right now, and I just remember feeling so happy to get out of bed in the morning. 
Like, I could have gone to bed at 2, and even though it was somewhat of a struggle, but, like, I remember looking at my phone one morning, and I read a quote by 18, I was like, yes, let's go, let's get in here, like, get the shower, run in the car, because it's time to get to work, like, just feeling so pumped to start the day. And when I said happy Monday to my kids, it, it came from a genuine place. Happy Monday, happy Friday, not happy Friday just because it's the end of the week, but just happy Friday, because we're going to have a great Friday. Aw, that sounds all so nice. <laughs> so, sorry, I just went on a rant, but... No, you didn't I, go on a rant. It sounded like you needed to release that. I did, and it's just it's just wonderful to be on that side, and it's, it's interesting to be on the other side, too. <laughs> okay, so likewise, I feel... Oh, I feel like I've had jobs for a long time, longer than I've had, like, a career, so to speak. So, for me... Like you were saying, having a job, well, I don't know, having a job has been about the paycheck to a certain extent, but for me, it was like having a job was always about, well, what's the next job, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, I never really wanted to stay anywhere that I was working. I was like, okay, well, I'm here. Well, also, a lot of the places I worked were also temporary or seasonal, so I was always about, like, well, what's the next job? Like, what's the next thing? Like, hopefully they pay more an hour or, like, or have more, I don't know, commission or something or a uh, they don't have a dress code or they don't have like all these restriction type of things. Like it's, a job has always kind of been about, well, how can I get up out of here and get a better job mm-hmm. essentially? And my career or having a career is kind of like you saying, like you don't necessarily feel like it's work. Like now um, <laughs> what's interesting is I was in a department at work that my mom referred to as daycare and sure enough, it was daycare. I, ne- I never felt like I was working, but I also really wasn't doing that much work. It was a learning curve and like learning experiences being in this, de- in that department. But now since I've started in a new department for the last two weeks, that's, <laughs> that has felt a lot more like work, but still, when I get to work, I'm still, like, happy to be there because I am learning a lot. I like the people that I'm around with. And I've been telling you, like, I've been waiting for Friday, not even because I don't like the job, just because I'm – my brain is just kind of so tired from all this, like, learning and juggling mm. of things to do because these are things, like, I've just never done before. Right. <clears throat> but it's just, like, I can tell this is just not, like, okay, well, how can I get to the next step? How can I kind of get out of this position or whatever? Right. I'm here, and I'm just, like, okay, well, like – what else do I need to learn so that I can make this smoother for everybody or whatever? Right. Because they, in my current department, um, the girl that I work with, she's another production assistant. We're both very new. She's been there a month. I've been there two weeks. So that's, it's a big transition that the other departments and the people we work with are feeling. Mm-hmm. And my thing is just always been like, I want to feel like an asset and not a liability. So I'm right. coming in like every day about like, how can I just really smooth out this transition um, for everybody else that I have to work with? And it is difficult, but it's a completely different type of feeling from going to jobs. I can't say that I wake up Mondays ready and excited to go. Not yet. <laughs> Probably when my commute eases a little bit. Right. But I just, I once I at least get off the Metro North and I'm getting on the company shuttle and like we have that nice scenic ride, I'm like, oh, I'm so happy to be here. Like I am. I, um, but, um, huh? I want to go back to what you said about um, not feeling like a like well, feeling like an asset in contrast with not trying to be like an, a liability. I think yeah. that's really important because. When you're working in your career, that's, I think that's that's important for you to feel that way because you just want to feel like I'm contributing, like I'm a contributing member of this this group, right. this um, organization, whatever it is. And 
and not so much that you want people to boast about you, but you just want to feel good about yourself. Like I'm producing some great work. Like I know I'm great and I don't need anybody to tell me that I'm great because I'm producing and you know, great work I kinda, and I'm a, I'm a team player here. I've had that mentality for uh, part-time and retail and stuff like that too. But now it's that different. you brought that up, I can, I, yeah, I can think about how it was different. Like I did my job like well, so that like, but I did my job well because I don't like authority like checking right. me right, right, right you know it was mm-hmm. different it was kind of like different because when you have those part-time jobs like managers like they they be power tripping and, yeah yeah and it's like i don't need you like i'm doing this like what you want me to do is unpack boxes and put them right. in the closet like i'm doing that right. i don't need someone on my back about it right so but well, yeah but i think it's more about personal fulfillment you're oh you're not yeah worried about what um administrate well oh, i said administration where you're not worried about where um what supervision has to say about you you're you're just concerned about how you're growing personally and professionally right. <clears throat> personally right, within right. your professional space okay so monique found this um chris rock video about jobs versus career and money uh it's a youtube video so we're going to play a little bit of the audio for you but I'll tell you this right now. now. Now I have a career. I've been blessed with a career. So if you got a career, thank God. If you got a job, I hope you get a career one day. That's right. Because when you got a career, there ain't enough time in the day. There ain't enough time. When you got a career, you look at your watch, time just flies like, God damn, whoa, it's 535. Damn, I got to come in early tomorrow and work on my project. Because there ain't enough time when you got a career. When you got a job, there's too much time. That's why you look at your watch like, ah, shit, 9.08. You don't even trust the time when you got a job. You be like, what time you got? 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 got? 9.15? Whoever got the latest time is the right time. He got the right time. He got the right time. Okay, so as you, as you heard, he talks about like when you have a job, how well when you have a career there's like time just flies by right when you have a job the time moves so slowly and one particular thing I think of is when I was a stock associate at some like high-end retail store and how the time definitely used to go by no 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 the time used to go by slow but no when I worked at that shoe store Man, that time went slow. And we were only there for four hours, but it was, like, the longest four hours ever. Like, cleaning up all the shoes, putting them back on the rack, cleaning up the clearance section. And it's just like, well, damn, like, I still got another three and a half hours here to do this again. And um, also, even though I loved working at the movie theater, time went by really slow because sometimes the movies would be the same length and all start at the same time. So you have, like, some really, really low slow down moments where I feel like time is just like not moving fast enough but uh yeah I completely feel him on that yeah me too because uh I mean I'm not hiding but I worked at McDonald's four or five years and um you said you're not hiding no because you're like not <laughs> disclosing the places oh no, no I'm not disclosing their names exactly yeah, like no. that but I don't I mean it's McDonald's I don't care so yeah I worked at McDonald's for five years and um I remember, like, I had to work eight-hour shifts, and I remember m- most times I worked, like, a 6 to 2, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. shift. Yeah, and I, I, remember, I remember doing that, too. Yeah. And I remember going in at 6 o'clock, feeling like, okay, it's eight hours. Let me count down, because by the time 6 o'clock is going to be the longest hour, and then by the time 7 o'clock rolls in, especially if it's a Saturday, that's when things business will start to pick up. Hopefully, I get my break around, like, 10, so that when I come back, I only have 
like three and a half hours left. <laughs> like it was just really like a time thing. And then I would look at yeah. the time every now and then. And if we had a lot of cars, that made it wonderful. I was just like, okay, boom, we had all these cars. How much time passed? Only 30 minutes. Cool. Okay. But like, it was just, it was, you, you, I mean, you really do monitor the time. Whereas when I worked at the preschool, time flew every single day. Like they never felt like there was enough time in the day to accomplish everything that I needed to. And it was just like, okay, I guess tomorrow's a new day. Like, it's not enough time. And that was also an eight-hour shift. And then in contrast with where I am now, I'm not even going to hold back where I am now. I'm at a public school. I think I said that before in a podcast. Um, my my schedule is really like, school doesn't begin for the kids until 8.10, and um, we let the kids out at 2.30. So I'm not even working an eight-hour shift. I'm working like six, six and a half hours. And not even because I get a 50 minute lunch break and then I get a 50 minute prep period. So essentially. You a 15 minute lunch? 55 0. Oh, 5 0. Uh huh. So essentially, I'm working what, like four hours a day. But when I tell you it feels like I work 12, when I literally do, because I come into work sometime at 6 30 and I don't leave till 6 30 p.m., but it feels like 10 hours with the kids every day. Oh, and wow. It ha- and it really has nothing to do with the kids, it has everything to do with everything that's required of me for a four hour day, essentially. So, so you're only with the kids for like four hours? Basically, yeah. Wow. It doesn't feel that way at all. Because everything is so fast-paced, and I spend about 10 hours outside of work planning for my days. It's just like, yeah. But you know, since you since we said this, I remember, well, let's see if you, you remember too. When I worked that overnight shift um, in that apartment building, Mm-hmm. That time used to drag because oh, the shift yeah, was, overnight well. Yeah, was from midnight to eight. And that um from three to five o'clock hour was dreadful. Yeah. Like trying to stay up through that and you're just like, please be five because once it's five o'clock, everybody start coming down, start getting ready to go to work. So there's like activity. Right. But most times I was like this is intense and I'll be watching whatever cartoons online and I was like I can't like I, who can I talk to everybody's asleep like everybody's asleep yeah and that was that was definitely rough that's like okay. when I worked uh, I mean I did an overnight at McDonald's like there was a point in time where I was working overnight consistently there and same thing I would say between like the two to like five ish yeah time frame it was so dry and like we would just go in the kitchen and try to make food and thank god when i worked with people that i liked because it made the time go by as fast oh, as oh yeah could. i was by myself yeah no that sucks that really sucks but you know when i had a good manager things went by yeah the bit. flies <laughs> yeah say oh yeah i remember those flies <laughs> <laughs> oh those infamous flies um but uh, yeah, so uh, there was a, another bit that Chris Brown wait, talked wait, about. That... Before you even, oh. before you go there, sorry. Because before he talked about the time thing, before he talked about any of these things at the beginning, he talked about um, like when you're working a career, how you feel so happy. <laughs> and so something that I highlighted is he said, um, don't let your happiness make somebody sad. So he was talking about like, if you're in your career, you're just bragging about how great things are pretty much like when we started and I was talking about my, my preschool experience, how I was just so overjoyed to be there. So happy. And, you know, I could, I very well could have crossed paths with someone who was working a job that they hated, but here I am just bragging on the goodness of work and how much I love my kids and how much I love everything I do. And anyone who I encountered, um, automatically got the vibe that I thoroughly and truly enjoyed every single aspect of my job. Even if there were things that I didn't enjoy, it was just, I couldn't contain my excitement about what I was doing. So I guess, I mean, he was just trying to talk about the fact that you should be mindful 
But right. she said, you just can't. You can't. Like, I couldn't contain my excitement. I know that. <laughs> Y'all gonna be, have to be sad then, because I like my damn job. Yeah, that's it. But anyway, you uh, continue. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, Chris Rock also had this other comment that we're about to play for you. Man, you know how you can tell you got a real bad job? When they give you that half-hour lunch break. Woo! There's nothing worse than a half-hour lunch break to a grown person. Why don't you just get a little spoon and give me some applesauce while you're at it? The fuck a half-hour lunch break. By the time you put on your jacket, walk around the corner, go to the sandwich spot, order a sandwich, wait for them to make it, then get on another line to pay for it, 28 minutes have passed. Now you're rushing back to work, you're eating your sandwich, you're spilling beer down your shirt. And when you get in, your boss got the nerve to go, hey man, you're eight minutes late. Fuck you! <laughs> you realize even criminals in jail get an hour lunch break? Like, can I at least eat like a murderer? So, yeah, so this brings me back to now, like, retail. And how at the shoe store... Um, sometimes we had half hour breaks. I think we had a half hour break Bruh, if we worked. I was here more, for that. <laughs> we, we worked. We had a half hour break if we worked more than four hours, right? However, within four hours, we kind of were able to have two fifteen breaks, Cray. right? Exactly, because what do you do with a fifteen minute break? Some water. Well, you could go to the bathroom. It doesn't need to be a part of your break. Um, but okay. those 15 minutes, what I had was like usually like a sandwich and like those like cereal bars that I would try to like duck into the, you know, the employee room or whatever and inhale basically and get back out there. Or but sometimes like, make I took sure the... you have that on hand. Like you can't even go out to get lunch because 15 minutes you get it and then you gotta wait first off, there's in New York City, you can't, you really can't get your food in 15 minutes right. unless there's a food truck right outside your job right. and the line is short. And especially the area that you worked. Yeah, I worked in, like I say, I worked in uh, Union Square. Right. There's a lot of shoe stores there, so whatever. Okay. But um, also, the days that I did work more than six hours or six hours, whatever, the half-hour break, like, that was the realest thing I've ever experienced because we, like, you cannot play. You go in, you get your wallet. Sometimes you would use your bathroom break to go and get your money. So then once you hit your 30 (laughs) minutes, if you had your coat or you didn't need a coat, you're outside we since it's union square i used to go to the wendy's i used to just pray the line wasn't so long sometimes i'll be eating my wendy's as i'm coming back to work because i wouldn't have time to sit back down yeah and it's just like if you worked on a friday night or a saturday that wendy's is going to be packed like all them high school kids are going to be in there like the crackheads or whatever around union square they're in there and i remember this summer now (laughs) um wait at the movie theater we didn't even have an official lunch the movie theater we worked seven hour shifts so we didn't have a lunch break. We had to eat when all the movies were being seated. And it was very uh, weird for me in the beginning because it's like this big table in the lobby and we're just like all hovering around the table eating our food. And customers are still coming to us, asking us questions about stuff. And we're like, we're eating. Like, <laughs> unfortunately, that movie theater, we had an employee closet. <laughs> we didn't actually have like a room. So you can't eat in the closet. You have to eat in the lobby. Anyways, so after the movie theater, now I'm working at my college, and I remember telling Kadesh, like, I have an hour lunch. I don't know Girl, what to do with myself. I know. Like, I went from a year and a half with no lunch break, eating on a counter, and now, like, I have to 
not be at my desk for an hour. Right. Like, what am I supposed to go? What do you do? How do you divide this time? <laughs> like, yeah, well, it was hard at first. At first, I just would like eat my lunch and then spend like I was so used to eating my lunch so quickly at the movie theater that I would have like forty five minutes, <laughs> and I would be like, well, I guess I'm gonna just go sit outside. <laughs> like, I don't know what I to do. That. That's so funny. <laughs> and I would just it, the weather was nice, and then I started like kind of getting semi tan. So I was like, I gotta find like a little bit of shady area. Like, I can't be completely tanning myself so every day like this. And then I started going window shopping and taking walks or whatever and i'm like oh i can get used to this hour lunch break life like you know i could and then i went back to the movie theater (laughs) to like the 15 minutes inhaling (laughs) food in between movies but um yeah there was half hour lunch breaks now but now at work i still get an hour but we're so removed from like life that uh i still don't really know what to do with myself sometimes i watch things sometimes i just try to walk away from my cubicle because i guess it looks weird to just be still at my desk on my lunch break, but I don't care. Yeah, it makes me think about, I mean, when I was at McDonald's too, we had 30-minute lunch breaks, and obviously I didn't know then that, like, our lunch breaks actually existed. So I remember, I hated going on lunch when it was super busy. Well, I liked it because it gave me a break, but at the same time, like, we would, I would eat my lunch at McDonald's, so I would get the food that they had. So I had to wait. Not online, but just like oh yes, I remember that too. Yeah, until the manager would like signal signal you over to to tell what you wanted. So let's say I'm waiting like ten minutes for them to say, "Okay, I'm ready to take your order." Like you already know my lunch break is thirty minutes, so you should be ready to take my order right away. Wait ten minutes for you to take my order, and then maybe an extra five minutes when service time is supposed to be ninety minutes. Exactly. Extra five minutes for you to actually get me my food, and then. I have to go to the bathroom so I'm running to the bathroom running downstairs to eat my food I want to be on the phone and do all these things and I have really like 15 minutes to eat scarf it down and then hurry up and run back up to work and god forbid I'm late oh you're late or you're, or even if I'm not late I say I have like five minutes left you calling downstairs to me Kadesha hello I have 10 fries left like I'm gonna eat <laughs> these 10 fries and I'm gonna scrape my Sunday you're gonna wait like no so <clears throat> that was bothersome and then I remember when I started working in preschool no even before preschool when I was student teaching I remember when I got my lunch break and it was 50 minutes and I was just like wow like I don't have the I, rush yeah what am I supposed to do I could actually sit down and read a book I could just like take a deep breath. I could go across the street by lunch, come back and still have time to just sit still. Like I could actually talk to my colleagues because I have time to eat and talk. Like it was just so weird. Mm -hmm. Now 50 minutes just flies because I have to work and eat at the same damn time. But yeah. Well, that kind of goes into the next segment is like, what are some of your other experiences between like having a job and like having your career? So, um, okay, so this is interesting because McDonald's was certainly a job. Preschool was certainly, like, the beginning of my career. And now, I did um, charter school that I talked about, too, which um, paralleled my current experience in public school in the fact that while it's a part of my career, it just feels like a job that I am, like, dying to get out of, honestly. Um, And primarily because I don't, I'm not enjoying it. I feel like if I'm, if I've devoted money and time to going to school to get a degree for something that I want to do, I should enjoy whatever it is that I'm doing because I've invested so much into it already. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, (laughs) in my current career slash job situation, I don't enjoy what I do. Um, I just go through the motions. I do what's expected of me. Um, I don't, 
do extra, not because I don't want to do extra. Well, now it's reaching a point where I don't want to do extra, but it's also because I don't even have time to do extra because so much is required of me. Um, so I guess just to sum up having some of the experience of having a job, um, in contrast with having a career is just the excitement level, the, uh, the drive, the, the passion, all like all those, the drive, the passion, those are all things that are associated with having a career. And having a job is just going through the motions and just doing whatever that's the view just to keep people off of your back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Since you've said all of that, like I'm thinking of the different jobs that I've had, right? Like I worked at my church, I worked at my school, and worked at all these retail places and the movie theaters. Um, I had an experience similar to you where I worked at a studio last year. And that felt like a job. Like, that was straight up, like, I was so happy to be there because this was one of the dream studios in the in New York City for me that I wanted to work in. They did a lot of special effects work for blockbuster movies. And I was like, great, this is a great place for me to start. Like, they had an affiliation with my school already. But, like, I'm there. And I, I wasn't even there uh, full time. I was just there, like, three days of the week. And I was just like, oh, like... I I can't do this like I really can't of course it was like really the circumstances and the psychological effects that I was feeling from the tasks that I had to do but it was like this is the this is not like a career this is definitely like a job it's supposed to be a career employment situation but it's definitely giving me that job feeling like Mm -hmm. I'm doing what I have to do so that people don't talk to me not even like I'm not going above and beyond because I want to it's just like I need people to leave me alone and not, like, be on my back about stuff. And it was just, I couldn't even give a two weeks notice because I was so done. Like, I just, (laughs) I just came in, like, on a Wednesday and I was like, well, today's going to be my last day. I'm not going to be here next week. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. That's what I did in Harlem. That's what Um, I did when I worked in the charter school. (laughs) Yeah, it is so awful when you reach that point where you can't even be, like, the mature, completely mature adult or do the responsible thing of, like, I'm going to put in my two weeks notice. You're just, like, not today's the day yeah today's the day um and with all of those versus just like where I am now where I'm definitely like I already said experiencing some challenges and all sorts of stuff like that but I I know that this is all like character building and it's all like all this other good stuff like that it's definitely not the same type of experience even though they're in the same field I guess. Right. Man, I'm just so happy to be, I guess, done with the jobs, like not searching for a job. Because even when I was working all those part-time jobs, I was still looking for a job. Right. Like I can chill for like a little bit here. Like it's not, I shouldn't even maybe disclose this, but I have like, you know, five-year, 10-year goals or whatever, 15-year vague goals, so to speak. But it's just like, I know that I don't have to look for another job for like when summer comes around or like next fall or something like it's not I'm not like on a, a time crunch or something a time limit anymore with this like I can not have to update my resume or whatever if I nice. don't want to like but that let me feels tell you when you uh just kind of chill out with not applying to jobs and then when you go back to your resume you're like where do I begin yeah well I would that would be interesting when I get there because <laughs> yeah, I was all for the last four years five almost five years I guess I've been constantly like doing, doing everything as you know and yeah. just trying to rework this resume and really seem like the ideal person that can really add personality to your job and like I'm well rounded whatever all that crap so I'm happy to take a chill from that like I'm looking forward to taking some time yeah 
Um, so yeah, so you had something else you wanted to talk about. Um, oh, so I also kind of wanted to briefly discuss like the monetary implications for jobs versus career. I think I said this already though. I think I just talked about, um, when you're working a job is just working for the paycheck. And whereas when you're working, um, within your career, the money isn't like, you're not really that concerned about the money. And I can't say that the reason why I left preschool is because it was time for me to make more money, but I can't say that money was, um, my source there. Like I didn't run off of the money. I didn't love what I did because I was making more money than I made at McDonald's. Like it was, it was a bonus. It was a blessing that I was able to make more money, but I was happy. Like I was happy. And even contrasting it with my job now, I'm making significantly more here than I was making in preschool, but I'm not happy. Mm. And I think, I think it's, I mean, as I get older and as I get more in tune with myself and my happiness and all that stuff, I think it's just so important to just like keep your happiness at the root of it all because money will come like it will come, especially if you're, if you're positioning yourself to make more money. My pastor always, always talks about the importance of generating <clears throat> different streams of income. So uh-huh. if you're positioning yourself to make more money, it, it will come. Right. Even if you can't make as much as you want to make in one particular place, that's okay. But I, I, it's important to keep your happiness at the root of it all because if y'all had a, if I had a minute to tell y'all about like this job. Anyway, um, well, before I'm sorry, before you change the subject, I, I want to touch on that a little bit too, uh-huh. because I remember when I was working at my college, right? I was making probably like the most hourly that I've ever made anywhere, and they, I, I had the opportunity to like be interviewed for an actual staffed position to stay with them. And I didn't take it. And I remember I had a couple friends and family members. I was like, why wouldn't you take that? Like, you know, you're making good money and you're like kind of related to your industry. But at the end of the day, I just didn't want to be like a secretary for two years. Like that was the thing. I, I thought in my mind, like I could be a secretary for a year, but I feel like I'm getting older. I can't invest two years of not being where I want to be like the two years could be spent for me I felt like still hustling bustling trying to get where I want to be right so I turned down the money essentially to go back to the movie theater which I know sounds crazy that was a minimum wage job and you know really try to get myself aligned with where I want to be and honestly if I didn't do that I would have I guess taken the job at my college still would have went to this networking event and move forward with the place that I am now. And then I would have had to burn bridges. Yeah. Burn bridges with my school. And my school has always had my back and like held me down through everything. And I would have just, you know, screwed them over because I knew I didn't even want to be there for two years, but I'm saying yes, because of the money. And at this job, I'm not making as much as I was at my college, but the experience is completely beneficial to me. Right. You know, so and it's kind of it's like, about, essentially, that is what experience. it's about. And feeling more fulfilled. And that's, know? that's the joy of being within your career is, is the fulfillment piece. Yeah. yeah. So you found this article now called Four Myth. I, you know what? You say the title because I feel the lisp just interjecting right now. <laughs> So I found this article, um, and it's called Four Myths About Doing What You Love for Work, written by Lori Desheen. And um, I'm just going to get right into it. Um, myth number one is do what you love and the money will follow. So this essentially um, just goes back to what we were saying earlier. Uh, is that do what you love and enjoyment will follow. 
Do what you love and you will feel more fulfilled. Do what you love and the money will seem less relevant. And we, I mean, Monique and I already talked about that, about um, just the importance of feeling fulfilled in what you're doing. Money will certainly come. And um, I think that for me, running away from preschool was essentially me running after the money. I didn't realize how happy I was until I left. And then I, and then like being in a space where I thought I would be even happier was just like, no, this is really not what you wanted. You were running after the money more than anything. And you thought that you would be happier, um, working with older kids and, you know, still within your field, but no, you were really chasing the money, the benefits, the pension, and is it really worth it? Mm, No. So there's that. Wow. That sounds like a very real realization, like for you to be sharing on this platform too. I've been in my thoughts a lot about this lady. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, sounds like it. The second myth is leap and the net will appear. A lot of us get caught in the planning stage because we want to know with absolute certainty that we won't make a mistake we'll one day regret. So like I already said about working at college and kind of just like taking that chance and going back to the movie theater and being like, well, I know something's good. It's going to come out of this or whatever. But uh, of course, with having people in your ear, I was right. a little doubtful, like, oh, maybe I should have stayed at the college. But it's just like, you know, you do have to just believe in yourself and things just things just worked out. I was in the right, right. place at the right time, was able to pass my stuff forward to the right people. And everything has just been pretty smooth sailing. Thank God that you really part. decided to follow your heart, though, and not listen to what other people said. And you knew what you wanted. You knew what your purpose was and that you weren't willing to settle for the money as good as it was yeah it was like it was like a pretty defining yeah kind of decision right like right. In, in hindsight it but was that like well, damn. that, that mm-hmm. just goes to show how rooted you were in, and you were and you still are in your goals and how much you believe in yourself so right yeah thanks uh myth number three do what you love i said this do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life <clears throat> we tend to best enjoy the things we feel we're doing entirely by choice hello Since work and any form requires commitment that supersedes our moment-to-moment whims, we need to know going in that even the most enjoyable paths will have their ups and downs. And I'm, I mean, I can only really talk about my preschool experience because that's been my happiest work experience. But um, Uh when it says uh, we tend to enjoy the things we feel we're doing, we tend to best enjoy the things we feel we're doing entirely by choice, that rings so true because I would spend hours and hours and hours at that school like my friends my co-workers um were just always they were always making fun of me like so you're not you're not gonna go home there was a point last year <laughs> where I didn't leave the school till one o'clock a.m I think I did that t- yeah I, did that I remember left that school at one o'clock like, what's wrong with you like, what are you like what are you doing and people were just like you're pre-k like you don't have that much work to do no shut up I do have that much work to do because I say I have that (laughs) don't tell me what I have to do because I say I have that much work to do it had nothing to do with just simply planning a lesson lesson and being done with it it was about the experience it was about the experience for the kids first and then me second like I wanted them to have a wonderful preschool experience I wanted them to be able to reflect on their pre-k experience and say wow Miss Hunter was a great teacher and I had so much fun doing this, 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 that in her class. So I know what I needed to do to make sure that that happened for them. Was that required of me? No. Did I, was that like something personally that I felt like I needed to do? Yes. And that's why I did it. I did things because I wanted to. I felt moved to do them. Not out of obligation. So, yeah. And even just a little, a little tidbit of that is, um, 
a little girl from my class last year <clears throat> is actually going to the same school that I'm teaching at now. And what? I talking, yeah. I oh, you, you told me this. Yeah, what am I doing? <laughs> and I was actually talking to her mom a few days ago. And her mom was saying that she never really talks about what she learned in school now. This little girl will still reference her preschool experience and talk about all the things that she learned in preschool. Whenever she asked her, what you learned in school today? She doesn't talk about it, but she's still talking about, yeah, because I remember when I was in Miss Townsend's class, we did this, 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 that. So that just goes back to the fact that I was, I was obviously making the connection. Like I was doing something right. Yeah. Miss number four. Yeah, because I don't, I don't really have anything. I think you, you had that one down. Um, the fourth myth, or myth number four, whatever, anyone can decide at any time to do what they love. However, this is not always the, the smart. It's not always the smartest thing to drop everything mm-hmm. and follow your passion. Um, the writer is, saying, is not saying that we should get stuck in the waiting game, forever analyzing, planning, and stagnating. It's true that we can start incorporating our passions into our lives at any time. Sometimes we need to do a little bit of legwork first if we want to turn our passions into careers. And not everyone has the luxury of dropping everything and taking a massive risk right now. If you have a family, you may need to do extensive planning to transition into a new field. If you live paycheck to paycheck, you may need to overlap your current job with your passion in order to eventually make a living through it um, later on. We all deserve to enjoy the way we spend our days. So if we're willing to dream, work hard, learn, and navigate uncertainty, we all have the potential to do it. And I thought this was really good that she was saying um, that we all may not have the circumstances to drop everything (laughs) and just follow your passions. Because I was reading something on, I believe it was 99u.com maybe have pointed me to it. And it was just about how like kind of destructive this whole drop everything and follow your dreams can be. Yeah. you know, because then I, everybody, like we were saying before, everybody has different circumstances that may allow them or may be an obstacle for them pursuing their dreams. Right. And sometimes people just kind of still don't know. And that's like fine. Right. And you shouldn't feel pressured that everybody knows their passion and I don't know my passion yet. Right. Like it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Um. Also with that is like, I've often thought about like, what if I just quit today? Like, what if I just said, you know, forget it. I don't want to do this anymore. But no, I can't do that because I have bills to pay. Like, I have a car note. I have some car insurance that needs to be paid. I'm now living on my own. So I have those bills that need to be paid. Like, I have to eat every day. My mom, I'm sure my mom would give me food. But, it's not, you know, you're when you are used to living a certain lifestyle, you it's hard to go back and say, hey, yeah. mom, I need, I need money for my car note. She would look at me like I was crazy. Huh. So, yeah, it's, it's not so easy to just drop everything and follow your passion so be mindful of that yeah and I want to speak on to like me having a multitude of part-time jobs or whatever like remember there was there was one year I had six w-2 forms and my mom and I were like girl what the hell and it was like with all of that working in all these different places I was still very adamant about networking and volunteering and putting myself as closely as possible with the industry, the animation industry that I want to be a part of. And it's like, that's just what you have to do if if you really do have something you're passionate about and you know that this is it, like you're going to get there. You have to make ways to incorporate it into your lives. Like you just, it's sacrifices that has to be made and that's just like, it is what it is, you know? Right. And um, I just, I don't think anyone should really be having to have six W-2s. Like it's kind of crazy <laughs> to think about. <laughs> 
funny. Because like, I'm, I they were all seasonal, like temporary. That mm-hmm. was like the problem. Mm-hmm. I could have just been in one place for like a year, but no. But anyways, um, so yeah, like I thought this article was pretty dope. As usual, we have like links are all up in the post. And um, do you have a quote for us, Kanisha? I do. Your work is going to fill a large part of your life, and the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. The only way to do great work is to love what you do. And that was by the late Steve Jobs. Okay, I want to say that that's, it's very interesting that you picked Steve Jobs, because remember, Steve Jobs was actually fired by the company he started, and basically built a whole new company that, like, has revolutionized the whole like music industry like you know uh portable music industry and stuff like that and he got like a late start in his life so that's really dope that you picked him um so lastly you can connect with us on our website we come from queens.com you can hit us up on twitter and instagram you can send us questions there as well you can connect and talk to us there or you can submit questions through our website or email us at we come from queens at gmail.com and we will answer anything you want during an episode um as always we love hearing from you uh, i just want to say that the we come from queens for instagram and twitter is the queens is qns yeah qns Bye, guys. Ciao.